Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallet presents Surviving the Series, our look at the 2022 Survivor Series War Games. Uh, I'm joined not by Kyle Joseph this time around, but uh, with our WWE correspondent, Mad Dog McCauley. How are you, sir? Not too bad. Can't really complain. Got some good wrestling in there, and it's a fine Sunday uh, afternoon at this point. So what's going on? Not much, man. Not much. I, we we both took in Survivor Series uh, over the weekend, and it was an enjoyable event, really. The first time in a long time I can say that about Survivor Series. Uh, War Games being added to it is certainly, uh, it makes it more intriguing. It, it makes it a lot more fun to sit through. And on top of that, I feel like we had some, uh, like at least one, two maybe stellar mid-card matches that I thought really added to the show. And... Uh, uh, again, it was. It, there's a lot of stories being told on this show, and I'm just going to bring it up right now. What are your overall thoughts on uh, this year's Survivor Series? Well, so I'll be uh, completely honest. I uh, kind of, I kind of sped through the the show uh, this year. Uh, did you know? Everyone's got uh, busy lives around this time of year. Uh, that being said, I took in what I could, and uh, maybe not so much on the uh, the technical aspect, but from what it, uh, from what it was put together, I really enjoyed the show. Uh, I think it flowed really well. There was a couple of slow parts, which well, I'm sure we'll get into, uh, but otherwise, uh, having war games as part of the Survivor Series, I'm down for it. I'm 100% down for it. Uh, it's a great match. It's a really, really cool uh, spectacle to see, uh, especially uh, in a big arena like that. You got the two rings, and it just has a lot of, there's a lot of potential there for for future segments. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll get right into it. Survivor Series 2022, our opening was uh, War Pigs being played by Ozzy Osbourne lip-syncing the original version. Uh, a little bit of a contrast seeing old Ozzy sing his song that came out 52 years ago, my friend. Holy shit. 1970, this song dropped. Um, so this is, a, but it's a song, number one, it's an anti-war song. So <laughs> to throw this in here, but knowing uh, Triple H's love for, for metal music from that era, it totally made sense. Uh, apparently, they, he was asked in the press conference uh, post-show um, how he how the process went, and he just simply said, "I called Ozzy because uh, you know he's one of those people who has Ozzy Osbourne's number." And he said, "I couldn't understand a word he said, so he passed the phone to Sharon, and uh, we worked <laughs> out a deal." Apparently, there was a, originally a, a plan to have Ozzy there performing it, but obviously, due to him living in the UK again mm -hmm. and the Parkinson's battle that he's going through. Um, you know, the, the, it, things didn't work out, but he said that he really loved seeing Ozzy, uh, you know, up there doing that in, in the, the video package. He thought it was great. Um, and I, I thought so too. Like number one, whether it's an anti-war song or not, um, this song totally it's a fits banger. war games. It's, it's a, a banger. It's a, it's a banger and it suits war games. It really does. And seeing Ozzy Osbourne say, welcome to war games. Like yeah. that was great. I thought he looked great. I thought it sounded great and looked great. So it was a really fun intro to the pay-per-view itself. Our opening match was the uh, women's war games match, Team Belair versus Team Bailey. Uh, Bianca Belair, uh, Mitchin, uh, Mia Yim. Uh, is that is am I saying that right? Mitchin, Mitchin. I don't know, man. It's one of those it's, it's, uh, it's non-English non words. Yeah. Uh, um, we also had Alexa Bliss and Oscar representing Team Belair, as well as the returning Becky Lynch. Um, and on the other side, Team Bailey obviously, obviously consisted of herself, uh, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai, as well as Rhea Ripley, 
Um, this this was uh, this was a fantastic match. I thought all these women really got a lot going in this. This is a hard match because you're you're guaranteeing you're not getting any sort of near fall or anything of significance for at least half an hour. So the performances really have to be great. I mean, obviously there are going to be spots in these matches that are not going to look as good and crisp as they would normally. But I thought all of these women really rocked it. I thought that they did a fantastic job. Um, some of the spots in particular, the moonsault off the top of the cage was great. Um, everything to do with Rhea Ripley, I think is working right now. Um, certainly her, the week with the, 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 I don't know if you saw the, uh, the video package of her and, um, Dominic Mysterio interrupting the Mysterio's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like this I woman is Ray Mysterio answers the door with mask on as he does with all of his front door guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this was this was fantastic. Uh, I thought it was really, really uh, great. Uh, is there anything that stood out to you? Anybody who stood out to you? Uh, so I had a couple of points for this. Uh, first of all, obviously with the Ozzy Osbourne intro, uh, it had the crowd pumped. Like it, like it go in. It was already a sold out uh, thing, and it was a big deal. It was, it was war games on the main roster. People, it was it, there was a buzz in the crowd. You could tell it was going to be a, a decent show. Uh, first entrance music of the entire night was uh, Becky Lynch's. Crowd went fucking nuts. Like it was great. She's back. She's awesome. Everyone knows. Everyone loves Becky, uh, and she's back on the face side. So she's uh, you know dropped the big the big time Bex gimmick, and she's gone right back to the man. Uh, other other than the ring announcer, who I absolutely cannot stand, the overblown grizzled mouth into the microphone, fucking War Games announcement. Becky looked like a million bucks. She came out, per- crowd popped, and it it set the the theme. Uh, Bianca's new gear looks great as usual. Like she does all of her own work. I think the, uh, the trunks look really good for her. She looks like an absolute beast. I mean, she is 110% an athlete and she is an absolute, um, just a machine. My favorite part though, I think of the entire match, regardless of any of the, the, the crazy spots that come with the war games match was, uh, Oscar and EO facing off face to face. And they had like a very short, uh, like when, when Oscar came out, she, uh, she ended up just drilling Dakota away. Dakota rolled off and her and EO had a, uh, had a back and forth. And it's just like, there's some buzz with that. People have been talking about that. They want to see the Joshis go. And it was kind of a taste of that. And it's just, it makes me want more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one person I did leave out when I was doing the uh, the teams was Nikki Cross. I am so happy that Nikki Cross is back as her original character. Yes. I think she plays it so well. The big dive off the top of the cage I thought was really well, really, really well done. Um, and just her, 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 her performance was great. Over the top, as usual. I loved her entrance coming out just and going to the top of the shark yes. cage. I thought that while, was great. While Rhea did pull-ups in, yes. inside the cage. Fucking fantastic. They just look, they look like beasts. I think uh, Rhea and uh, Nikki will actually could actually be like a pretty cool team to to deal with because they're both kind of like unhinged and unleveled. Like obviously we got Nikki's just absolutely batshit crazy, and then uh, Rhea's kind of the muscle behind everything. I think they work really well together. Um, and Nikki's new theme song, it's fucking, it's really good. They're mm-hmm. actually starting to do pretty decent again on their their themes. Clearly, there's some callbacks. There's definitely uh, some of the riffs that were left over from her sanity theme. Um, fucking fits yeah oh yeah absolutely I, I love the history stuff that they had between her and alexa bliss too i mean like it's the same thing that i felt like about the main event these are long-standing feuds that you don't ever have to really let go of you can re- you, 
you reignite them in moments like this where you're having, you know, two big teams of multiple superstars uh, reunite in some way, shape, or form with with each other. Uh, this match was great. Once everyone was finally in and War Games officially began, this match ended with quite the spectacular uh, moment with Bianca Belair sending Bailey into the cage with a KOD while Becky Lynch came off the top uh, to put uh, Eo Sky and Dakota Kai through a table with a senton. Oh, man. Whew. This is a scary spot for Becky. Like, she's been out of the ring for quite some time, and... Uh, to see her go and, and make that move, it was uh, it was great, and I thought everything looked really good in this match. I mean, people, I, I saw people over all over Twitter being picky about this one. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. this was great. I, I I I I can't stand that sort of mentality where we're gonna pick and choose our moments where we're yeah, um, you, you know, gonna pick on the, these women for spots that you know are difficult to pull off in a normal match. Never mind where there's two cages and two rings. The uh, man, the man has balls, man. I'm going to give yeah, her that. Like she's yeah. got some serious balls. The only, the only upset I think is that uh, for me, anyway, and I think I mentioned to you while we were, while we were watching this, while we were to, to, um, uh, talking it through is that the, like the face team winning war games, I thought was kind of a bummer. Cause uh, again, I want to see them do something with damage control. I want to see them as a threat, not just as like the annoying, irritating heels that, they just come out when they come out and then they get stomped and then there's nothing there. Like I actually want to see them pushed as a threat like Dakota and you, I, I think they've both been in war games before. Uh, they, and always mentioned a couple of times throughout the commentary, but like actually push that, push the experience. They could have been a, an actual threat in the match. Whereas they just kind of came off as, as kind of extra, but uh, otherwise like I, said, I agree the, the match was good. I'm definitely going to go back at some point and rewatch this uh, pay-per-view like, and actually take a good time to sit down and, and not really analyze it, but just kind of take it in more than just trying to get the, trying to get the, the, the high spots. Um, overall, I think that the two, uh, two women who got the most, I thought Mia Yim looked fantastic in this match. Uh, Rhea Ripley looked great too. Um, and, and Nikki Cross, I feel like everyone really did look good, but the, for me, Mia Yim stood out. Uh, as somebody who is a future star in this division and somebody who I could see being a multi-time women's champion. I, I thought I'm, she was I'm so glad she's back. She's yeah. she's awesome. And I said, I mean, as much as uh, as much as like I'm glad Keith Lee's doing his thing, I want him back in WWE too. Uh, I mean, that's not no no hate against it. I don't follow that crowd where it's like, oh well, fuck him. He'll do better in AEW. He'll do better in WWE. I don't give a shit about that. But it's just I think Keith was. He got kind of a rough run when he started out, and I think that uh, bringing him back would be really beneficial. Oh, certainly, Ed, Ed. Time will tell as these companies get older and contracts start coming due. Where, um, where, where, I mean, like, I don't disagree with you that Keith Lee had a way better run in WWE, at least on the NXT side, than he has in AEW. But I mean, right now there's a hot feud with him and Swerve, and yep. and we'll see where that goes. Right? You bet. Um. Backstage, we had Jay Uso talking to Roman Reigns about Sami Zayn, talking about how he can't be trusted. Yeah. Reigns says that he's gonna uh, he will worry about the big things. Jay needs to focus on the match. Then he looks at Paul Heyman and says to get him Sami Zayn. Our next match, uh, this match, oh man, this was a, a clash of two of my favorites. Um, Finn Balor out with uh, the Judgment Day against AJ Styles. So much history. So much history, but man, a match that was it's been difficult with AJ because before this win this evening uh AJ hadn't had a win since 2021 um and I believe it may have even been longer for a singles win so 
it, it's it's a difficult um it's a di- it was been a difficult run for AJ Styles over the last while. Uh, these two back and forth, uh, all their stuff, all their combinations that they had against each other. It was a drop kick, the Pele's uh, that they both landed, Finn teasing that he's going to hit him with the Styles clash, the the working of the knee the entire match. Uh, it, it was just fantastic. Uh, I yeah. thought these two. I, the only thing I, I feel about this match that I think was. Uh, was difficult as they came right after the War Games match, and I feel like this crowd did not give this match what they they really deserved. I thought these yeah. two guys worked their asses off, and um, we had uh, like numerous offense from both of them. Like I said, uh, gut buster by uh, Balor that was just brutal. That gut buster um, gets an Ushi Garoshi, uh, and Styles comes back with a moon salt into the final cut, which is another one of his like just trademark moves. Uh, Styles misses a 450 splash, but does land on his feet. He, but he does get take, taken down by the John Wu drop kick. Um, avoids the coup de gras. Uh, eventually, Styles is able to uh, wear him down and hit the phenomenal forearm for the win. I thought that this match, um, for me, is I mean, with the exception of maybe men's war games, is, is the second best match on the card. Uh, and a match that I feel like a lot of people were unnecessarily sleeping on just based on the fact that this was war games. And like, you got to remember, these are two of the best that ever laced up their boots. Right. So like, and on a stage like this, where survivor series feels very important and feels like, you know, you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, I thought that this was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah. I just thought it was an awesome cooldown match. Like we had the uh, we had war games right before, it, so it's a tough spot to follow. Um, but the they 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 had a great video package, you know, going through their 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 history together. Uh, Michael Cole referenced both Bullet Club and IWGP Championships in the same sentence, and that made me super excited to hear that uh, you know there's more wrestling that is being acknowledged outside of the WWE bubble, which is again kind of. Uh, We've been we've been seeing that over the last few months since uh, Triple H took the reins, but it's uh, just it's refreshing to see. It's it's cool to, to for them to actually acknowledge that. Um, obviously, the wrestling was crisp as shit because you got two of the best, uh, you know, probably modern technical wrestlers there. They both look great. They both, uh, you know, we we saw Finn live, and the dude is like, in real life, he's like, it's he almost looks like a computer generated model because he is so fucking cut. Um, yeah, no, nah, man, it did everything that it was supposed to be, and it was uh, it was definitely a match that should have been a sleeper, and it was super clean. So I got no complaints about this one. Getting into the next match, uh, this is a match that I think there was probably not uh, not a lot of fanfare going into, and they really didn't uh, do anything to get it. Uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, who is the SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, up against uh, Shotzi Blackheart, or just Shotzi, I guess. Um, this match sucked. This was, this was, this wasn't good. <laughs> I, I have not been a fan of Ronda Rousey over the last, I guess, basically since her comeback. I feel like that she has underperformed and she's, don't get me wrong. Like she, she does some things very well. Acting is not one of them. Um, the, the promo package leading into the, or the video package leading into this match just, I think, showcased how she, well, she is, I feel like a better heel than she is a, or yeah, better heel than she is a baby face. Um, it, it almost doesn't matter because she, for me, is just so unbelievable at this point. Yeah. Um, and Shotzi has been someone that they've they've never really he- heated up before on the main roster. And I think that she, it, it just, it, I don't know. Like, there was no real connection in this match. There were parts where I thought this match was getting going. And then it just very suddenly ended. 
Um, I thought that the, the dive off or uh, the dive to the barricade on the outside was great. Taking out those, those, uh, obvious, uh, indie wrestlers in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh, those gentlemen got knocked over. And I'm like, those gentlemen look like they could have been, they could have taken a lot more than that. Yeah. Those um, gentlemen got paid in hot dogs that night. Like, <laughs> Uh, Piper's pit was hit by Rousey and then she locked in the arm bar. Shotzi tapped out very, very quickly into this match. Um, do you, do you have any thoughts about this? Man, Shotzi's a weird one because like, I really, really want to be behind her. I think she is an excellent character. She's got a super unique look, but I said, unfortunately, man, it comes down to it. Like we've talked in the past. Shotzi's at this point is kind of just an entrance. She's got the tank back, so she's got something going for her with that. But as when things get going, she just, I don't know if she's green per se, because I think she's got, uh, she's, she's got quite a bit of indie experience behind her. Uh, she's very popular in the indie scene, but, uh, I don't think the polish is there. As I said, I want to see good things for her. I I'm a fan of hers. That's just, the match was lackluster, and unfortunately, I think Shotzi's one of those uh, wrestlers that really needs a, a really good dance partner. And unfortunately, Ronda's kind of in the same boat because Ronda's had some really, really, really good matches that she's put on, but it's always been against some like pretty fantastic competition that that kind of holds her up. So when you don't have those backing, I think some of the uh, it, it starts becoming pretty obvious that uh, they don't necessarily have the best chemistry going on and nor nor the the skill level that should be featured on a championship level match on a pay-per-view I, and that's just it like i feel like a lot of the things that shotzi uh a lot of the times where shotzi i don't feel like look great in this match i think that that's partly to do with the fact that ronda isn't as crisp and clean as as you would think that she would be at this point um don't get me wrong like again what she does well she does very well it's just the selling, I feel like, has never really been great. I feel like just her, unless she's in there with a Charlotte, and even then sometimes it's not great. Like, I thought that her stuff with Becky was really good. But it just, again, those are the, the top stars, and you've got to get through um, you've got to get through some of those lower-tier stars, too, to be able to, number one, build them up and build yourself up as a credible champion. And, and again, I feel like a lot of her credibility comes from the fact that she was a UFC women's, what is it, welterweight or bantamweight champion. Um, yeah, bantamweight. And, and, and that's fine. But we're so far removed from that at this point that I feel like we need to, you know, find... And, and, and certainly I think that um, Shayna Baszler is the perfect heater for her. Uh, I think that she that those two do... I think they belong together and it makes sense, but it's just so campy and so over the top and so not what you expect her to be because knowing her, you know, actual personality when she's in there with the maniacal laugh and all that stuff, mm-hmm. that's not Ronda Rousey. Right. Yeah. So we, and we know that. And again, this isn't, this probably that's for your, 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 you know, younger fan and whatever, who maybe doesn't know Ronda Rousey, like myself and yourself do. Or but, didn't watch her get, punched out by Amanda Nunez in like 48 seconds. <laughs> yes. Um, so again, I, I get why it needs to be there and I'm not, I, I don't want to, you know, take too much of a strip off this lady, but at the same time, this is two pay-per-views in a row that me and you have covered where the yeah. Rousey match has been a down point. Yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing. Cause I think that the, the best Rousey match that she's done is still her debut match. And that was, yeah. uh, the, uh, the tag team with, uh, Kurt Angle against, uh, Stephanie McMahon and, uh, Triple H. And that again was more or less at that point was a, um, 
uh, a celebrity match. So there was a lot of work that went behind that. There was a lot of rehearsals that went through it. And so the reason why she looked so goddamn good is because they had put in the practice and they put in the, uh, the steps. So I think when you put her on a, the, the fact this is that this was a championship match was kind of a bummer because it really had no absolutely zero background to it other than Shotzi won a uh, it was like a six pack challenge on on SmackDown so yeah I don't Backstage. know I think the less said more or the less said about that one probably the the, the better off we are <laughs> that's true that's true uh, backstage we had Roman Reigns in his locker room and Sami Zayn comes in. Uh, he's asked if he spoke to Owens last night. So that was that was the big deal. The story here was on the SmackDown uh, the night prior. We had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn having this uh, conversation about how Owens thinks it would be better for Sami to turn on the bloodline before the bloodline turns on him. Then lying to Jey Uso about talking to him to begin with. As Jey Uso was behind the door the entire time. This led to Jey airing his concerns to Roman Reigns. So Sami Zayn basically gets very emotional here and says that uh, he didn't want to put too much on uh, the on Jay's plate by telling him this before his big match. A- Reigns asks him what Owen said to him, and and, o- and Zayn tells the truth that he should turn on the bloodline before they turn on him. Um, Reigns then asks him if he can trust him, and Zayn gets at this point gets very emotional, details how much the bloodline means to him. And then and that they've accepted him and, and what have you. They they stand up, they give each other a hug, and the camera catches Roman Reigns looking very blank as as the the camera cuts out. Um, this was fantastic too. Like this 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 uh, night long storyline heading into this War Games match, whether Sami Zayn was going to make the turn and and become a babyface again, and which he totally could have, and this crowd would have ate it right up. The the amount of uh, Sami Uso chants that were going on in this. Yeah, and this arena this evening were were just incredible. He was the most over guy on the card, I think. Oh, one hundred percent, without a doubt. Um, I mean, yeah. he got a bigger reaction than uh, the Becky Lynch did, and this was Becky's uh, like return match. Absolutely. So this obviously we're getting into uh, the, the 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 end of this pay per view. We have the United States Championship match to talk about, though. Seth Rollins defending his title against Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. This was uh, surprisingly a lot better than I expected it to be. I thought yep. Austin Theory looked fantastic in this. Yep. Uh, I thought Bobby Lashley, of course, always looks fantastic. But when he locked that double hurt lock on both guys, I yep. thought that was a great spot. Rollins is just, he is, it's amazing because he's been such a great heel for the last like year and a half, two years almost. And he is being turned by the crowd once again. Yep. He this, this Same this thing Seth, that happened last time. Exactly. The Seth freaking Rollins character is becoming more and more baby faced as time goes on. You can see people dancing ridiculously in the audience like he does on his way to the ring. The costumes and whatever, I think people have just fully embraced at this point. But let's talk about some of the spots in this match. Um... There, oh God, uh, there's a spear, a spear after spear in the corner. Rollins knees his way out of a suplex. Uh, Austin Theory hit his finishing move on Rollins at one point. Um, and then I believe he also hit it on Lashley. Um, Lashley is on the outside and Rollins is just going back and forth between the two of them doing suicide dives and then eventually throws um, Theory right over to Lashley's side and does a dive over the top rope. Um Theory, again, got a lot in this match. Um, and and for good reason, because at the end of this match, we had uh, Rollins jumping off of Austin Theory to do a stomp on Bobby Lashley. And Theory was able to get the win um, just by uh, getting... Great. Yeah, he 
sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I was talking too fast there. Theory goes up for a Falcon arrow. Uh, Lashley spears him while he's holding Rollins or sorry. Rollins goes up for a Falcon <laughs> arrow. Uh, and Lashley gives him the spear as that's happening. And theory is able to, uh, fall on top for the three count and win the United States title back in a very surprising moment to the pay-per-view. Cause again, I was expecting Rollins to go over here just yep. given how over he's getting. But I think this leads, um, some evidence to the fact that they have not given up fully on Austin Theory while he was a, a Vince McMahon project. I think Triple H sees the value in a guy like this, and they're not killing him completely. The no. U.S. title is is the perfect spot for him right now, I think. Um, they did him dirty with money in the bank, man, and just putting him into at least the uh, like the mid-tier championship reign is just, I think, giving that a little bit. It's like, hey, listen, he's not over yet. We just don't have plans for him in the uh, main event scene just now. But right. uh, honestly, man, like... Uh, I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of theory's character, but like as a, uh, as a performer and as a, as like a up and coming star, I'm, I'm completely behind him, man. I think if they put a bit of shine on him and he pushes through, he legitimately could be the next face of this company going forward. It just, it's just not a time yet. No. And, and that's again, how many years did we go through with that with reigns? You know, we, I, I feel like with triple H at the helm, we have a better chance to, to deal with this properly. Um, this leads into uh, another backstage segment between Reigns where Jay returns to ask him what happened with Zayn. Reigns tells Jay that uh, that he says everything, he, he said everything, he saw everything he needed in Sami Zayn's eyes. Uh, this leads into the main event, which was the men's war games match, the bloodline against Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, and the brawling brutes. Um everybody's super over Kevin Owens, super over coming out just dressed, just like dusty Rhodes would be. I do love the fact that now that we have Cody Rhodes back in the fold, that we can talk about how dust, how important dusty Rhodes is yeah. to this match being the creator. Uh, and like I said, he comes out with the dusty Rhodes shirt, the pants. He's looking very, very dusty Rhodes in this match. He's, he's got the red, uh, the red elbow pad on too. Mm -hmm. Um, Butch and Jay Uso kick this match off. Uh, Butch is, this is, his, they, they, I, I also love the fact that now that this match is on the uh, main roster, we can talk about the history of this match. We, they, it happened yeah. a lot in the women's war games match where we talked about how Dakota Kai has been in there four times already. Same yep. thing goes for, for Butch. This yep. is not his first war games match. And I think that leads a lot. And, Ke and Kevin Owens. That's what yes. the big thing is when he came out there, they, they said that it's like, Hey, Kevin Owens has an advantage here because he's been in war games before. And Kevin Owens got a lot of shit in during this match where it looked like at one point as he was probably going to win. Um, Butch and Jay Uso kicked the match off and Butch just lays into Jay's hand. There's one point in this match where I, Jay audibly says, I think my hand is broken. <laughs> and I wasn't convinced that it wasn't. Right. Um, obviously, with uh, the Brawling Brutes, Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre having the advantage, we, we saw a lot of the baby faces taking control of this match throughout it. Uh, I want to just commend all these guys for working their asses off. I thought the Usos looked great. Solo Sokoa ah. is so fucking good. He's so fucking good. He is a modern day Umaga who I feel like never got the proper shine that he deserved until after he had passed. I think when that's he, what 
when he came out, they came out so together. So like I said, you get the whole fucking team coming out for the good guys and they're all separated because they're, they're all like mismatched. Bloodline comes out completely all fucking dressed in red. And as like Reigns is doing his, like I'm the fucking father, giving everyone their hugs to start off the match and get going. Solo's back is towards the bloodline and he's staring at the fucking good guy team in the cage. And it's just like, dude, Solo has got this shit, man. I'm so fucking glad they brought him up to the main roster. Yeah, I think he fits with this group so well. And it, it, while, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I, I love the fact that he wants to, you know, carve his own path and not necessarily just be the Uso brother. He's done such a fantastic job transitioning to the main roster, like you said. Um, while I do feel like Sami Zayn is the biggest guy in this group right now, he is certainly one of the guys who I hold in very high regard. Um, interesting stuff in this match, as the match started, to, as, as the um, competitors started to fill up in the ring, the second guy for the bloodline comes out and it looks like it's going to be Jimmy Uso, but rain stops him. Looks at Sami Zayn and says, go help him. And that's the story of this match is Sami Zayn trying to get Jay Uso to trust him. And in numerous spots in this match, saving Jay Uso from, uh, you know, of the attacks of the brutes and whatever. Uh, when Drew McIntyre gets in this match, he just tosses everybody around <laughs> and then very audibly on the camera says, oh, I'm feeling a little oozy I am. <laughs> that that just killed me. That just killed me. Uh, Owens is released at one point. He starts bringing the chairs in there. Uh, he goes for a swanton off the top rope, which looked fantastic. Then he starts just tossing chairs at guys. There was a, a point in this match where I thought blood was coming because Jay Uso gets tossed into the cage numerous times and he reached into his his uh knee pad and i was like oh my god they're bringing blood back but it wasn't to be and that's fine like well i do feel like this is a match that does need it wwe has always been able to find a way to make a match fantastic without the use of blood that i can respect the fact that they didn't do that in this match because the story that was told throughout this match was absolutely perfect um before I get into the end, is there any spots that stuck out to you? Oh, one one in particular for me was the 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 ten beats of the Baldrum, but That's done. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, done with all five or all ten guys. Uh, yeah. Michael Cole pipes up and goes fifty beats, and they yeah. went for more. They went yeah. for way more than that. Um, yeah, that was fantastic. They had them all lined up in the center where the two rings met, and it's like all all the bloodline is on the inside. I guess well, technically on the outside, but it's in the between the two, the the divider, and yeah, all all the fucking good guy team, they're on the back, and it's just all in unison, stereo fucking beats the bottom. That looked really cool when they did the zoom out. It's like, oh shit, that's that's a wicked spot to see. Um, basically, Zayn and Owens had not really touched each other much in this match, leading up to the ending sequence where they do meet in the ring. Oh, I'm gonna cut you off too. Because there was also uh, the uh, the friendly fire incident there. Mm -hmm. Jay goes for a super kick to fuck. Was it? I think it was Owens. Uh, yes. No, no, it was. I, I can't remember. It was Butch. Uh, it was, it was Butch. Yeah. Some. So, yeah. Yeah. That's right. It was. It was Butch. So it goes for a super kick to Butch. Butch ducks and then clocks Sammy. And that was near the end of the match too. But they 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 kept going off about the oh this is a friendly fire incident. So uh, Jimmy's basically like, bro, what the fuck. And he goes to pick Sammy up. Jay stops him. And he's basically like, fuck him. He's like, that's that's what happens. Like, don't worry about it. And then the entire crowd started chanting, asshole, asshole. And uh, at one point, they were talking. Uh, they had Corey Graves on commentary be like, it's friendly fire. This stuff happens. It's war games. And Michael Cole's like, oh, well, it doesn't sound like the crowd is too into it considering what they're calling him right now. And it cuts at the perfect moment where the crowd's still going, asshole, 
asshole. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, Solus and Co. Like I said, his stuff in there, all very Umaga-like, but everything looked great. Um, and then the, what you, the segment you talked about of the match led really into the the final act of this match, which was Kevin Owens getting everybody down. Uh, everybody, there was a big suplex spot at one point, um, and then. Owens and Reigns face off in the middle of the ring. They go back and forth. Uh, Owens eventually does get him with the stunner. And as he's going for the pinfall, Sami Zayn stops the referee from hitting the three count. They stare each other down at one point. And as they're looking, it's looking more and more like they're going to fight. Jimmy Uso goes for the super kick, which uh, Owens catches. Then Zayn drops to his knees, hits the low blow. Backs up as he's looking more and more conflicted. Hits the hell, uh, Haluva kick. And then looks at Jay. Tells him to go for the splash. Laying Owens out. And Jay Uso gets the splash. The one, two, three. And I feel like as good as this match was. The mat, the ending of this match. After the bell had counted three. The, and Jimmy Uso, or sorry, Jay Uso and Sami Zayn embrace in the middle of the ring. Crowd popped bigger for that than I think anything on this card. Yeah. Um. And it was just, it was emotional. You know, this emotional roller coaster that has been this story of Jay Uso not trusting Sami Zayn and Sami Zayn doing the right thing by the bloodline inevitably and helping them win war games and I guess move on to be still the most dominant faction in the company. Oh man, it was, it was fucking beautiful. It was they fucking just, really great. They really, really need to start calling Sami vanilla ooze <laughs> that's all i want <laughs> i just want them to say it once man like just a it's like oh vanilla ooze went for the pin like what paul Heyman had said in the press conference is that this character in Sami Zayn has ele- added a different element to the bloodline that yeah. they didn't know they needed but has been so welcomed the cra- put a lot the of popping uh, these it put a lot of freshness back into it, man. Cause like, let's face it, the bloodline, uh, being dominant for so long. Cause clearly they have, they, they have plans on what's going on. And I would, I would bet a lot of money on the fact that they're waiting on Cody Rhodes to come back. And Cody Rhodes is going to be the one to dethrone reigns. That, that is my guess. But that was getting so fucking stale to the part. It's like, okay, yay. Bloodline wins again. And then they bring Sami Zayn into it, and it's like actually putting more interest in it to the point where I'm not 100% sure it's going to be Cody Rhodes anymore. <laughs> you know you know what? Like, you're, you're not off base because as far as I knew, the story was eventually going to lead to Owens and Reigns reigniting their feud. But with the Sami Zayn thing picking up the way it has, the story, the, the, their plans have changed. And it's very evident that their plans have changed because I feel like at this point, this would be the moment where you'd want that title off of yeah. um, off of Reigns leading into the Royal Rumble. But as as has been stated by you and and myself, like I think this is working. And I I mean I don't know if Sami Zayn's going to be the guy to take the belt off Roman. I certainly don't think that that is where they view Sami Zayn. I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I and and certainly I, I'll I'm I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong, but. This was um, this was just a fantastic show. Uh, I thought that just this really reignited uh, Survivor Series in a different way. Like Survivor Series is your traditional five on five elimination match, which right. honestly, I mean, like in war games, I feel like wouldn't be unwelcome. This war games didn't it didn't need that though. Yeah, I think you needed all those guys in there to to um, really make the story that much bigger. 
Uh, another thing, when Sami Zayn does that like secret high five with Jimmy, and yeah. and like that, the fact that they did it slow on TV at first and it broke Jay. That's the other thing is these guys being broken on live TV by Sami Zayn just being yeah. his very serious, very goofy character yeah. is I think it make it humanizes all of them, and I yeah. think that. It, with this sort of story of this like godlike figure with Roman Reigns, you need to humanize him a little bit. You need yeah. to bring him down to the audience's level because we're all laughing at it. So if he's laughing at it, it makes him, I think, more likable. I just um, wish that they would change up Reigns gear a bit, man. Like yeah, the red pants would have been, I think. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah. It, like just give him some just fuck throw a pair of the uso sweats on him for fuck's sakes like he doesn't have to be rocking the 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 fucking the shield tack pants for the entire time like okay cool at least he lost the vest and there was a little bit but even then man just like do something with him yeah no i i think a lot of that may just be his decision like yeah, i can't imagine that they that they would say too too much to um to him about how he chooses to present himself look wise but that being said, uh, Mick, out of a mark of five, what are you going to give the Survivor Series? Uh, I want to probably give it a, like a solid four just because of the fact that I, I, I'm, I'm taking points away because there was no actual Survivor Series into it. Although as much as I wanted to see the War Games and I was very excited, I think it's a really cool fit to have that in there. They should have at least had one. I think having maybe the two War Games matches on the card were too much. Maybe make one of the events in the future a War Games match and maybe one of them can have the traditional Survivor Series match feel to it. Works much better when you've got an actual um, uh, you know, a developed team. I'm glad they're not doing the SmackDown versus Raw thing anymore and I'm thankful as fuck you know thanksgiving for the americans have just passed around the corner i'm thankful that we didn't have to see um uh, shane mcmahon in the corner doing his shit anymore so i mean like that is something to be thankful for that being said uh the flow was kind of cool with the two war games uh match kind of like walling in the, the rest of the card the rest of the card really didn't overstay its welcome and they only had one kind of flop uh, match that was on the card and that was obviously the uh the, the women's championship match uh four four i think is fair four and a half just because sammy zane's awesome we'll say it's somewhere in there maybe like a 4.35 <laughs> that's fair i'm gonna give it a 4.5 i think the only thing that really offended me on this card was the uh the rouse the ronda rousey match and i don't think i could give a, a full knock uh for that or full point knock for that I thought that AJ Styles versus Finn Balor was absolutely tremendous. Both War Games matches, I was highly entertained. And I feel like they didn't overstay their welcome either. Like, you get, sometimes we get these long, drawn-out War Games matches. And these were, once that once it was officially War Games, they got their shit in and they got to the end. And I thought both of them were tremendous matches. Um, I also thought the Triple Threat was enjoyable and it was yep. a surprise. So that, and that's always kind of welcome on these cards. Um, so I'm going to give it a 4.5. Mick, thank you so much for for joining me on this uh, this Wednesday Night Wallop special that you we're bet, uh, we're bringing back. Um, and uh, with all that being said, Mick, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to this podcast where they can shout at you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, Twitter it's uh, at Hollywood seven eight eight, and Hollywood is uh, spelled all fucked up, so it's uh, spelling my last name H E W L E Y. 
Perfect. If you want to find any of the podcasts that we do or any any of the stuff that we do have on social media, you can find us at at WN Wallop on Twitter, WN Wallop on uh, Instagram, Wednesday Night Wallop. Just search that in the search bar. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. That's where you can find us. We have upcoming stuff. Uh, this is we're getting into the holiday season. We're you're about to see the colors change on all of your pod uh, podcast. Um, I guess apps that whoever, wherever you listen to us, it's about to be Christmas themed. Uh, we have a uh, edition of Ryland's morning sports report where we talk about the FIFA world cup. We are going to have a year in review show for the Ryland's morning sports report coming in the next few weeks. Uh, actually that will be dropping Christmas Eve. Uh, Jagger's Eve three is coming on Jagger's Eve this year, uh, December 23rd. We'll have a Christmas special as well as the year-end review and, and uh, I guess, awards, the Wednesday Night Wallop Awards. So look look and stay tuned for that. Mick, you uh, you made a record this month. You appeared on two shows this month and the month of November. Uh, at the last day of November, you are going to hear Mick join myself and DK for an episode of World's Funniest Podcast where we talked about a lot of stuff we <laughs> stories we talked some bond we we had a really fun time and it's it's a really great show so i am looking forward to that one dropping yeah. but uh, once again mick thank you again for joining us and if you, you i want to say thank you to everyone for listening you have been walloped you've been listening to a wallop media podcast you can find us on twitter at wallop media the hosts of our shows are rylan kyle and dk you can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.